Kia ora, and welcome to New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV for the 1st of February 2021. I'm Head of Research, Nick Goodall, and I'm joined by our Senior Property Economist, Calvin Davidson, down in Christchurch. Calvin, how are you, mate? I'm back from holiday, and uh, great job with the solo podcast last week. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, it was. It went okay. It felt like it went okay anyway. And listening back, sounded all good. But um, yeah, no, fine down here. We survived the heatwave last week, and um, looking forward to another week ahead. But really, the question is, how are you? And how was the break? Oh, mate, the break was so good. Really enjoyed the genuine Northland holiday. Um, plenty of time at the beach. Plenty of time catching up with friends and family. Um, probably too much. Enjoy myself with uh, with a few summer beverages and, and barbecues and whatnot. So uh, had a weekend back in Wellington, obviously on the weekend, and made sure I had to get up for a few runs and try and get back on track. So uh, yeah, but just an amazing holiday. Um, kids are pretty well behaved and uh, really no complaints. So yeah, tough to come back obviously and come back a few degrees cooler, as it seems like the rest of the country did too. Um, but you know, you know, just. Nice and refreshing, certainly back and fired up to, to get back into things. And, and you know, we're obviously going to travel this week, both of us with presentations and things. So no time to sort of take to get back and head back in the game. Um, and I've been aware of what's going on without being too, uh, you know, too on top of everything either. So no doubt you'll uh, you'll carry the podcast once again today. I'll just be a, a quiet observer in the corner, which is, uh, I say tongue in cheek, of course, because that's really nothing, something I can't do very easily. But uh, now feeling good, mate. Feeling good and happy to get back into it. Awesome. Yeah, the uh, that photo I saw on LinkedIn that you, you posted uh, towards the end of last week did look pretty good. You know, the family looking happy. So nice, nice sunny background. So um, yeah, look pretty good. And uh, dodge COVID, of course, <laughs> in Northland. So indeed, yeah, uh, to good, be good work going, around there. Yeah, to be going to Mungify the day after the first announcement was not ideal. Better say there's a little bit of nervousness from someone in our group. But um, yeah, in the end, I suppose, you know, the more news we got, the, the less worried people become as it didn't look like there was going to be too much community transmission, if at all, in the end. So yeah, nothing to worry about in the end. But certainly when the first first uh, headlines start popping up, and I'm getting messages from my friends going, you're still going? I'm like, yeah, of course we're still going. But in the end, certainly paid off and we were getting great weather and every day at the beach. So uh Certainly was was well well enjoyed. That's for sure. Well, good. Yeah, it certainly looked pretty good from my perspective. Anyway, no, awesome. Thanks, mate. All right, well, let's get into it this week then. And as I say, I'll probably pass to you for a few things. Last week's biggest release, I think, from our perspective, hopefully from others' perspective as well, was the release of our quarterly report. So pretty big report that we produce every single quarter, sort of three or four weeks once the quarter's ended, with all the economic and property market data that we've got. And it's good to see, you know, not only media coverage, but there were other organisations that we deal with, other clients that were asking after it too, and including parts within the government. So great to see that, that, that I suppose, requirement and need for that information and data. And um, I know the plan when we released it, we were sort of leading up, you know, before I went on holiday, talking about, of course, t- leading with that information around bioclassification, especially the, uh, the, the level of activity from investors. And that certainly seemed to be the case with how it played out with a lot of the media headlines and things. And I saw that you also had a live interview on ZB one morning as well. So how did you sort of think the release went? Was there anything else that got picked up that you saw of interest or any other you know, key pieces of information that uh, you thought were worthwhile covering today? Yeah, mostly around that investor thing, as I say. I mean, we got a good good media interest, actually. Radio New Zealand uh, called and News Hub Radio. It was a lot of radio focus and then um, yeah the Hosking breakfast show so um, that was you know good coverage and uh, 
he had a few curly questions, um, you know, around, say, does the Reserve Bank actually need to do anything because, you know, some of the banks are already gone there. Of course, ANZ has, has gone to a 40% deposit already. So there's some testing things around that. And also whether uh, there'd be merit in, say, differential interest rates. Uh, Kiwi Bank proposed, you know, putting different interest rates in place for investors versus owner-occupiers. So, yeah, I wasn't expecting that question, but... Um, yeah, I think uh, there was it was it was good to go live and, and good to get you know a high, high profile slot. So um, I guess the message for us is is not necessarily, I mean you know forty percent deposit for investors isn't guaranteed, but it just feels like the conditions that were in place when we last did it seem to be around now. And if they are really concerned about financial stability, which bear in mind that's what this is about, uh, if they are concerned about that, then you know the conditions are there. And man, I'd be surprised if if people within the Reserve Bank aren't talking about it, at least, surely that's surely it's on the cards. So, yeah, that was the gist of the interview. And, and I guess for now, we've got to wait and see what happens because, of course, we've got to get 30% first and then um, see what happens after that. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's what we've been talking about for a few weeks. So it was just nice to lead with that really solid thinking as part of the release um, for the quarterly report, which certainly got, got more attention than it may have otherwise done so. And yeah, on the differential interest rates, that uh, was a very interesting question, but nice that you could lean on your experience from overseas as well, which you know many people wouldn't really have that context either and would seem quite new, but it was nice to, you know, you could just switch straight away to say, well, it has happened in the UK, um, so it's not unprecedented, and that there may be some consideration it can be done rather than seeing it's being too difficult. So I thought that was some really good and interesting insight from you um, on, on that one as well. Yeah, yeah, it's, I can't remember what the gaps are. I don't think it's very large. You might be talking about, let's say, on a two two and a half percent interest rate for owner occupiers, it might be two point seven or two point six or something for investors. So I don't think the gaps are huge. Um, but but yeah, that is that is the experience in the UK, and there might be other things they do to differentiate as well in terms of um, you know certainly potentially around deposit requirements. But on that on that differential interest rate, yeah, there it is in place and. Certainly doable, no doubt about that. So, um, yeah, could could be something to watch for in future. Yeah, absolutely. Not something we've thought about before, but um, as I say, it's, a, it's an option, so we'll keep a, keep a watch for it. Um, also, mate, well, well, like I say, well done on that on that release as well. Great to see. And then for this week, you're thinking um, maybe delve into the Christchurch market. And well, I, I probably won't talk too much about it today, but of course, the house price index, the CoreLogic house price index data for January uh, we've received today. And we'll be releasing that to media later tonight under embargo until 6 p.m. on Tuesday night is the plan at this stage. And we did notice that there's been you know, some continued growth in Christchurch for the first time in a while, much like there has been strength around the rest of the country. And so you're thinking potentially release a bit more detail in the weekly Pulse article um, for Christchurch. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's the thinking. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of topics floating around in my mind. One, certainly Christchurch. We've seen, you know, that market's been flat for a long time because of all the supply going into the wider area. Just seen some signs of, of increased pricing pressure. So that's that's something we could look into in more detail. And also just a little bit around investors and yields, you know, looking at which types of properties yield better or worse for, from that investor perspective and where, where returns might have been highest and lowest. So by, by, by segment of the market or value tier rather than location. So, so yeah, those are a few ideas kicking around in my mind and, and hopefully would have practical practical use for people out there in the market too. So, yeah, look out for those over, over the next week or two. Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. Okay, then, well, uh, last week, then other data that came out, mostly from an economic perspective. I'm, I'm guessing you're sort of on top of all those things. 
What did you pick up from those those couple of economic releases that we had last week? Yeah, so there was there was a couple of high profile ones. First one, ANZ Roy Morgan Consumer Confidence, and these figures were were pretty decent. The the figure for consumer confidence rose to its highest level since February, so you know, going back pre COVID, and still a little bit below the long term average. So that's that's sort of the caveat to it and the reason for caution. But yeah. Consumer confidence coming back okay, and I don't think there's anything in there to suggest you know, any sort of immediate risk to the property market or anything like that. Consumers have got a degree of confidence and and are, and are happy to keep on spending. So I think there's there's nothing nothing too concerning in there for the property market. And Phil Jobs from Stats New Zealand uh, about 2.22 million jobs across the economy in December, and sound a bit like Richie Benno there, but. Um, Yes, the highest on record, and just again a, a, a solid set of figures. You know, things are things are going okay in the labour market. We've got, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but we've got the the, the formal labour market figures coming out from Stats New Zealand later this week. So that'll be one to look for, and that has the unemployment rate, of course, which is a key measure people look for. But certainly, the figures we've got up until now on the labour market look pretty good, and, and people are still in jobs. So, yeah, nice set of figures, really. Yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't continue to surprise because we have kind of been working up towards all this data anyway, but it still does when you think back to, you know, April last year uh, to think that we haven't seen the, the massive increase in unemployment and the shift that we thought we might get. Um, as we've talked before, we're also getting closer. We're in summer now and some of these tourism operators maybe not quite seeing the same number of people. Certainly Mungafire was not as busy I would have expected. Um, and, you know, international tourists obviously play a big part of that. We were also there the week before Auckland Anniversary, so I'm guessing this weekend obviously would have been more busy with Auckland Anniversary and all the Aucklanders heading north as well. So I'm sure there's a number of factors there, but it does make you think that, yeah, some of these places won't be making quite the same sums of money as they were previously. Whether that flows through to jobs or not, we'll have to wait and see, but certainly nothing like we, we could have seen in the past. The other thing I want to touch on was, of course, we have been watching the Reserve Bank for and other government agencies for releases of economic data, with the Reserve Bank data breach um, that occurred a couple of weeks ago, they haven't been releasing any data. So we haven't got lending figures and, and a few of those other usual reports that we get from them. So we'll continue to, to keep a lookout for those ones. But at this stage, we are lagging a bit of that data because of that breach. Yeah, those are, I mean, clearly that has to be their priority in fixing all of that up. But from, a, from an analyst point of view, it's a little bit annoying. <laughs> Uh, they're going to be more annoyed about it than I am, but but yeah, you know we're missing say mortgage lending figures. Uh, we're going to we're not going to be able to see that that LVR breakdown, for example. You know, um, our, our high LVR investors still really really active. So I suppose there's other things we can look at, but yeah, there's we are going to miss those figures. We're certainly missing one set already, and depending on when they get back up and running, it could be another set. Sort of indications that that it might be four, five, six weeks until they feel like they might publish stuff again. So there is going to be a little bit of a black hole there. Um, so if we look at the, the, the breakdown of uh, the stock of mortgages, so that's something we'll be missing, um, Mortgage, average mortgage interest rates. So there'll be a few bits and pieces and a bit of a shame, of course, but uh, life goes on. Yeah, I mean, um, as you say, frustrating. I didn't realise it was going to be for so long. So, yeah, that is... That is pretty frustrating, but what can you do about it? There's plenty of the data, and obviously, you know, our own data as well can fill all those gaps. And we're expecting strong mortgage lending data because we've seen all these active investors, 
using mortgages um, on the titles once they once they settle on those as well. So we had a pretty good view as to where they were going to be heading, but it's those breakdowns that are probably the key. So we'll certainly wait and see that stuff. Uh, but that could be key data that's going to, you know, once they have to release that data, once they can release it, we'll urge them towards that 40% deposit requirement for investors uh, rather than just the 30, which is currently uh, currently tipped to be. So yeah, we'll certainly keep a keep a close watch on that one. Um, but look, moving on then, I thought quick roundup of the early market indicators as well. So one thing I did make sure I had a quick look at um, before we recorded today, and really because this is such a good indication of you know the early um, indicator for supply coming to market, and also of course that demand for mortgages, which is going to flow through to you know prices essentially increasing if you have lots of demand going on. So those appraisals being generated by agents, the pre-listings indicator, um, they are now above the end of last year before we sort of saw the wind down happen. And they're about five to 6% above the same time last year. So good signs for listings coming to market. But of course we know that we're still around about, it depends on the area, near those all-time low listings levels. So we still need a strong response and supply, probably a slowdown in sales to let it catch up a bit more uh, before it's really going to have a massive impact on the market. But certainly good signs there that yeah, people are confident, people are still talking to agents, people are likely to list their property, um, and that's going to increase supply, which should have a somewhat of a slowing impact on those, those that, that value growth that's occurring around the country. From yeah, yeah, this, that was my, my take out from it as well. Yeah, cool. And, and, and from a valuation perspective, look, they really stormed away and up to the end of the prior week, so up to the week ending the 24th of January. Um, they have slightly dropped back last week, maybe due to public holiday in Wellington, among a few other areas that had that anniversary week. So one less working day for, for the banks and for people during that period. So, you know, holiday period now does can really tutu with the figures um, as we're coming through this period. Of course, Auckland anniversary and North anniversary today. Then we've got Waitangi weekend the week after. So, you know, that is going to toy with the numbers a little bit. We need to be a bit cautious around some of these figures. But in general, we'll do best to try and shine through those gaps to continue to provide insight. At the moment, I think it's fair to say those valuations have come back very strong when you compare to previous years and even compared to that strength we saw at the end of last year. So no signs of demand dissipating um, as we've come back into the new year, that's certainly for sure. So we do still expect that price pressure to remain on those few properties that are there available for sale. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I suppose, um, yeah, that, that pressure is certainly there. And I, I started getting questions last week, possibly even in some of the interviews I did, just you know, how long can this go and, and where does it end? And it's always a tricky question to ask because if you go back 10 or 15 years, people looked at the housing market and said, oh, it can't go anymore. Affordability is as bad as it's ever going to get. And look, it's just continued on. So you've always got to be a little bit careful about how certain you are in making predictions like that. But in the past, there's always been something else to come along and, and sort of rescue the market, if you like, or, or whatever, whatever phrase you want to use. Uh, and in the past, a lot of the time, that's been low interest rates. But look where we are. We're already, with tentative uh, suggestion here, yeah, we're already kind of as low as we can go for interest rates. So what else comes along? I'm, I'm not sure. And so affordability can't really be rescued by something. And, and so this, this pressure on demand and affordability is, is, is going to sort of play out at some stage, you would think, because there's going to be an ever-dwindling pool of people who can actually buy a property and can 
raise the deposit and pay these prices. So, yeah, it's got to end somewhere uh, in, in that affordability constraint, I think, will bite at some point because we can't keep up price pressures the way they're going now. So it is something to keep in mind for maybe the second half of the year, certainly into next year. Um, but in, in the near term, it, it seems like that momentum is going to be sustained. But yeah, keep in mind that affordability pressure later and uh, in, in lieu of something else coming along to, to rescue it, you know, that, that will bite. It, it has to. Yeah, and I think also need to take into account there seems to be a level of frantic buying, you know, FOMO, whatever you want to call it right now, whether that's to get ahead of the LVRs officially coming back again or whatever it is, that's unlikely to be able to keep up forever as well. So once you get that, you know, create that extra froth, I suppose, in the market that creates that very fervent nature of people trying to buy property, that dissipates, then you get some sort of normality resume as well. I think the interesting thing, like you talk about, when you look at history, and there's a good explainer article on stuff about, you know, this property that bought in, was bought in 2000, uh, 1983 and how it's travelled over time. It's a good explainer for the overall market. And one of the things they did talk about there, whether they did or actually want to send a comment on it or, or somewhere else, but, you know, of one of the major structural things that have happened in the last 20, 30, 40 years, you know, there's, dub there's people doubling their income, you double it, income households. You know, there has been this monumental shift in interest rates. Tony Alexander talks about when he got his first mortgage in the 80s or whatever, it was 18%, and now we're down at 2%. You know, it's a massive structural shift. The other one that has been talked about briefly has been when you previously would fix for 20 years on your mortgage, which of course meant that you would have a certain amount of payments, of course. Once they extended to 30 years max now, you can then afford to borrow more again. There has been some consideration. We obviously live longer, you work longer. Potentially, that could be pushed out to 35, 40 years. Now, I don't think it's a genuine consideration yet, but it obviously is something that could happen in the future that would actually mean you could afford to borrow more prop, more money to buy into the market. And so it would have to be something similar to that, I suppose. Lower deposit requirements, longer periods of borrowing so you can afford more money and keep your payments still manageable within your income. It's these type of things which have to really, really structural shifts in the market, which would enable this to continue to grow. Because as you say, the key factor is income still needs to be income requirements still need to be satisfied as well as factoring in the lift in interest rates so and and i do think that more and more you know people are feeling like interest rates won't drop as far or as soon um or at, at all at all really and that they might start to lift they're not going to lift miles or you know in, in terms of charging up to six seven percent anytime soon but we might start to see that drift a bit higher as well and so I think that'll obviously start to have an influence. But it's these factors, I suppose, which when you look in the future are going to have an influence. But it is hard to, to see the market continue at this rate, you know, for the foreseeable future because it is unsustainable based on the key factors that you still need an income, you still need a deposit, and the rate of growth is just getting the property further and further away. And investors will not be allowed to continue to, to act in the market based on the um, influence of the likes of the government and Reserve Bank in the past, if they continue to apply their thinking, their reasoning to the market, they are going to continue to do that in the future. And that's where I think, you know, as part of the quarterly report, certainly we talked about um, this year being the year for the regulatory impact, you know, whether it's influencing um, infrastructure and new builds and helping out 
first home buyers or it is limiting other types of demand. So that's where the interest, I suppose, comes in. And that's why I suppose we're getting those queries from media and other organisations as to, you know, where is this heading and how long can it continue to grow at this rate? Yeah, for sure. Agree with all that. Cool, mate. Well, um, let's have a little look ahead then. Um, as I mentioned very briefly earlier, of course, we've got the house price index data. We'll be pushing that out to media. So I expect to see that come out tomorrow, Tuesday night, and then obviously flow through for the rest of the week. Um, we mentioned also that you're looking to write that pulse, that property market pulse article on Christchurch probably this week, but we'll, we'll wait and see to finalise that one. And then um, pretty busy week for economic releases as well too. So do you want to give us a quick rundown on those couple of economic releases that are out this week? Yeah, so there are, there are a few. Um, there's, there's some which will probably get a bit more attention than others, but the, the first thing due out tomorrow, Tuesday, is the foreign buyer figures, as they're called, from Stats New Zealand, relating to the fourth quarter of last year. Now, these have probably dropped down in, in the recognition they get, actually. So this is measuring transactions in the market by people who don't have citizenship or residency. Um, and, of course, that ban came in in October 2018, and since then, both the buying and selling activity has, has really fallen away to, to pretty much nothing. It was it was relatively low to start with, if you believe these numbers, and has has fallen away to pretty much nothing. A slight net sale figure by by foreign owners. So it's it, I think we've talked about it before. It's achieved what the government probably wanted it to achieve, but the impacts on the market itself probably haven't been that large. So so that figure will be out on Tuesday, and I expect it'll be more of a a nothing to see here scenario probably. Then uh, the, the flagship labour market figures from Stats New Zealand on Wednesday, uh, a lot of the intention in there will be on the unemployment rate. And, and of course, last time we, we jumped up from about 4% to 5.3. So interest in, in what happens next, the most, most expectations seem to be that it, it, it could just rise a tiny bit, perhaps to 5.5% and still peaking at around that 6%. So there might be a little bit more to come on the unemployment rate, but yeah, these figures on Wednesday probably won't be as, as stark, I guess, as, as the previous release in terms of where unemployment might go. So one to watch for on Wednesday, and that will get a lot of coverage because that's a pretty high-profile figure. And I guess, like you alluded to earlier, that, that effect that we're gonna, going to see in terms of the lost summer of tourism, you know, that's still a real thing, and when we have to get through this this period before I guess we can really assess where we're at. So, and the unemployment rate will be a key indicator of that. So yeah, definitely a key data set to look out for there. Then dwelling consents on Thursday, these will be, these will be high again, <laughs> almost, almost, almost certain. Um, interesting stat around dwelling consents is that uh, in terms of dwelling consents per thousand population, it's had a little bit of coverage, but interesting that back in the mid seventies, we're running at about 12 or 13 new consents per 1,000 people. At the moment, or recently, it's only been about seven and a half. So even though we're building a lot in absolute terms, relative to our population, it's actually still a lot lower than it used to be. So I think that just puts into context the challenge that we have and, and what we still need to do and, and keep those supply and, and consent numbers high. And then business confidence from ANZ due out on Thursday. And, and probably not a lot to say here. It's, it'll it'll Hopefully, you know, I expect it to be reasonably solid again and um, probably similar to consumer confidence where it's, it's a bit below, say, norms or, or average levels, but has bounced back a long way. And, and a lot of the, the sort of partial indicators within that of, of firms' uh, intentions to invest or hire, you know, still should be um, on an improving trend. So those are the things to look out for. And 
I guess on the whole, you, again, you'd, you'd expect the overall total these figures to be to be pretty positive. Yeah, great wrap up there, mate. I think that yeah, you, the consensus one is obviously the key for me. It's that rate per thousand that we need to keep front of mind. There, great to see all the building, but we still need to continue to to see that grow. And your business confidence is, is an interesting one because you know we do want to see what are those intentions of those businesses. So all all really crucial figures. To, to keep an eye out for. And then, um, I mean, personally, I've seen from the business perspective, of course, both you and I are hitting the road uh, this week, presenting in conjunction with uh, Bailey's Real Estate as well, doing some work around, um, you know, what's happening in the, in the broader market, including commercial. Great to obviously be up there and be on the road and talk to people in person and get a feel for, you know, the the person on the street, I suppose, what they're feeling and their confidence and in, in investing in commercial as well as res- residential property at the moment. So really looking forward to that. And it uh, does also remind me that, you know, we are available to present to anyone, um, you know, that has interest in the market, really. So, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you're keen to think it'd be worthwhile for us to come and chat to, you know, to you, your team, your wider business about what's going on in the market, please do get in touch. It's always, you know, nice for us to get an opportunity to get into a bit more depth provide those supporting visual cues and aids and dig a bit deeper than we can ever do here on the podcast as well and reach those audiences face-to-face. So um, please do have a think about that and get in touch. Um, obviously, you know, listen to this, you're likely a client of CoreLogic, so that's certainly a service that we can we can come and provide for you. So get in touch and, and get us out of the office uh, enjoying these nice nice summer days. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think on this, on this, this travel we're doing, for me, and we, we did it so, uh, about a year ago as well. It was really interesting to, to think back and it was around about the time when we first went into the lockdown and travel bans and things. So hard to believe that the year's gone by. But for me, really valuable to, to see. Because if you think about investment options, you know, people, the, the sort of baby boomer generation perhaps could, could be thinking about, we know they're thinking about residential property, perhaps they're starting to think about commercial property. And I guess getting that insight on the ground from people who are actually going to be making these decisions about, well, hey, what are the merits for me in terms of buying rental property versus investing in a syndicate and, and commercial property? And I guess gives us a little flavour for what people might be thinking next and, and so can help inform you know, our own views and research. So, yeah, that'll be a big part of the value for me. Yeah, and that's the key, right? You start to get questions from the market. You start to understand where some nervousness might be or just where their head's at to, to what are the considerations that these people who do have money wanting to invest it somewhere what are they thinking about at the moment? And, um, and that's, that's the sort of people and the sort of thinking that we obviously need to understand for what might influence the market in the future, whether it's residential or the broader economy or, or whatever it is. So it gives us a great grounding to understand what's going on, um, you know, for the, for the every person, I suppose. So it's great, great to get out there and chat to people. Yeah, great. Can't wait. Choice, mate. Well, that's us for the day. Um, I've, I haven't actually mentioned yet, of course, that I am in a brand new spanking office here in Wellington. So got to go make sure the computer's all set up and we've got this gorgeous view of a beautiful day here in Wellington. So go and gaze out to the water. Nice still harbour today. Um, go and set myself up there. But I will say thanks for your input, mate. Thanks for holding the fort while I was away. I think you did an incredible job, mate. And uh, thought I might have found myself out of a job when I come back. But thanks for thanks for being so, uh, so amazing. It was a brilliant week. No worries, no worries, and uh, glad you're back. Couldn't do it on my own every week. <laughs> yeah, easy to do it for a week, I suppose. Um, now, good on you. But otherwise, thanks for listening. Please do subscribe, hit that auto-download button, give us a rating, preferably five stars, of course, and do feel free to get in touch, whether that's with questions or to get us to come and talk to your team. Uh, we are available, all our details, Twitter, 
LinkedIn, email address as well, um, and all that detail, those details on your podcast player. Um, and you can go to LinkedIn and check out the photo of my beautiful family as well. Um, you know, just just uh, just understand a bit more about what I cope with on a day-to-day basis. But anyway, my name is Nick. His name is Calvin. You've been listening to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast. Mā tewa.